This episode of Paranormal Heart is brought to you by Nodakian Studios. If you're looking for a fine piece of stoneware pottery, check out Nodakian Studios at nodakianstudios.com, as well as on Facebook, where she periodically gives away pieces of pottery. Again, check out Nodakian Studios at nodakianstudios.com. Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Welcome back, folks, to Paranormal Heart. I'm your host, Kat Ward. You can find new episodes on the second and last Sunday of each month on Podbean, YouTube, New Lantern Media, and any place you find fine podcasts. If you've had paranormal encounters you'd like to share, you can either be a guest on the show, or you can submit them in writing, and I'll be happy to narrate your story. Just drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. This episode's shout-out goes to my beautiful listeners in Belgium. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. In episode 61, I am joined by guest narrators Andrea Bailey and Brian Anderson, who helped me tell listener-submitted encounters. We have alien abductions, poltergeist activity, and more. Thank you to Andrea and Brian for helping with the narrations, and a huge, huge thank you to you amazing listeners for sharing your encounters. Keep the stories coming. My Terrifying Alien Abductions Submitted by Anonymous In my first encounter with aliens, the Greys, one night I woke up in stirrups. No idea where I was, how I got there, or what time it was. It seemed to be a clean room slash facility, somewhat like an exam room would look like. It was very bright, There were at least three gray aliens that I saw. From what I saw and felt, I could feel their intentions. They were very, very interested in our reproductive system. I felt afraid and quite frankly violated, and suddenly became aware that our thoughts were somehow connected, and my fear and my thoughts alerted them that I was awake. They seemed to have some kind of hypnotic effect, and with their minds, not only calmed me down, but put me right to sleep. The next time I woke up, I was in my bed at home. I was not able to remember anything else about this encounter, and my feeling was, when they put me back to sleep, is that I wasn't meant to remember anything. I was 25 years old when this happened. It was 2005. The second encounter with the Greys was about 10 years later, in 2015. I woke up in a small bed, No idea where I was or how I got there. I couldn't move, though there didn't seem to be anything physical holding me down. The room was clean, like an exam room, and was very, very bright. Everything looked and smelled sterile. 
There were two gray aliens by my head, and a third appeared to be making preparations of some kind at a small table. I felt very afraid. One of the gray aliens by my head and the gray alien making preparations seemed to have previously made some connection to my mind. The third alien did not have this connection. I could not hear its thoughts or sense its intentions. This one appeared to be an assistant. The other two, it seemed our thoughts were all shared or connected. It seemed to me that the purpose of this was so they could control my emotions, and this seemed to be their form of anesthesia. It was how they kept me unconscious. They immediately knew I was awake and afraid. The two, with this mind connection, tried to calm me down and put me back to sleep. It felt like they were controlling my emotions. I fought this. I wanted to know what was happening to me. As soon as I thought that, that I wanted to know what was happening, the gray alien by my head said they were trying to fix the left and right side of my brain. The alien did not explain why or how. It again tried to calm me and put me to sleep. And again, I fought it. I was under the clear impression that I was not meant to be conscious through any of this. Whatever they were doing was not invasive in the way we think of here on Earth. They were somehow manipulating something in my brain without having to cut anything open. Yet, I could feel something happening in my brain, especially on the left side. The alien that was at the small table had a needle and syringe. The alien turned toward me. I wondered what this alien was doing and his intentions. Again, the alien tried to calm me and put me to sleep. I fought it, though this alien appeared to be stronger and the other one with a mind connection was also trying to calm me. It felt like they were manipulating my emotions. I still could not move. It was like I was twilighting being fully conscious one second, then almost slipping under the next. So I cannot remember verbatim what the alien with the syringe said next, except for the very last part. He said they were going to take either my blood or plasma. I think it was plasma, because I had something that would fix the others. I don't know who or what these others were, and though they were trying to make me believe their intentions were good, I could tell they were not. The mind connection they had made allowed me to feel their deception, though I could tell they were trying to hide their true intentions. I'm not sure if I could see past their ruse because I'm a sensitive, or because of the mind connection made it possible to truly mask the truth. After that, I felt unconscious, and the next time I woke up was in my bed. I was again left with a distinct impression that I was not meant to remember anything that had transpired and it felt like they did some type of hypnosis so that even if I would recall anything, it would be recalled as if it were a dream. But that did not work. I remember the parts where I was conscious very, very clearly. After this encounter, I started having hemiplegic migraines, a type of migraine where one side of the body becomes impaired for the duration of the migraine. These were debilitating and lasted for a few years. I was plagued with terrible migraines my whole life at that point and was in status migrainous for 15 years. That means I had one big migraine without end for 15 years. They got worse after this encounter. I haven't had any other encounters that I can remember. Hi everybody. I'm going to read you a story entitled 
game-playing poltergeist, which was submitted by Jordan from Quebec here in Canada. So, the story begins with, I was attending junior high school around the age of 15. The school had a pilot program to let students off early every Wednesday at 12 p.m. It made school so much more tolerable because every student could look forward to getting off early midweek every week. As soon as we were dismissed, I'd immediately walk home and make myself craft dinner. It was so much of a routine that you could say it was a ritual. Every one of these Wednesdays, I'd have the house to myself for a few hours since my mom and her boyfriend were working and my younger brother was still in elementary school. After finishing lunch, I'd often make my way downstairs to the basement. My brother and I had a small rec room where we had a futon, a side table, a Nintendo 64, and a desktop computer. The basement was eerie. There was almost no natural light that came in because there was only one small window which had shrubs blocking most of the incoming light. I always had an overwhelming and negative feeling every time I went down there. Even if friends and family were down there with me, I would always feel like there was somebody else there watching. But it was always just me and my German Shepherd, Max. I remember this event very well. I was sitting on my futon in the rec room, playing Zelda on my Nintendo 64. My dog was lying in the laundry room just diagonally from me, which was in view from where I was sitting. Beside me, and to the right, was a small circular black table which we always kept the television remote on. While gaming, I remember feeling this overwhelming presence come over, and it was like somebody really wanted me to know that they were there. A few moments later, I heard something fall in the laundry room. So I immediately looked over and then I saw my dog Max growling at absolutely nothing in the corner of the laundry room. His ears were completely peeled back, his hair was raised along his spine, and his body was lowered like he was ready to attack something. It was only seconds later that he started to whimper and then he sprinted upstairs to the main room with just great speed. Obviously, I thought this was quite unusual because it was absolutely out of his character. Five to ten minutes passed before I experienced something that changed my life in that home for years to come. I tried to shrug off what had just happened in the laundry room, but I couldn't. There was not enough time to process it before the next event unfolded. No word of a lie, the television remote on the side table next to me flipped into the air and landed directly beside me. I distinctly remember it rotating in the air as any controller would if you threw it at somebody. The remote did not slide off and fall beside me. It was in the air. My fight or flight instinct kicked in. I immediately sprang up and sprinted upstairs, tripping over my Nintendo 64 controller wire on the way. I remember I tripped so hard on the wire that it pulled the system onto the floor and disconnected the power. And I didn't care. I picked myself up, I minimized my eyelids to a squint, and I just ran outside into the backyard. That's where I remained until my mom came home. I told her the story, but she would deflect and say, well, it was just a deceased family member visiting me and to not worry. Well, it was years before I ever went back into that basement. And when I did, I would never go alone. And I would leave as soon as I possibly could. It fell from the sky. Submitted by Lana, Ottawa Valley, Ontario, Canada. Something happened to me when I was about 13, and I've always wondered if what I saw was a craft or a meteorite. All I know is, after I saw it, that dreadful feeling I had, 
I have been terrified ever since. I immediately felt like it knew I saw it. Now please bear with me as I tell you my encounter. We lived in the country on a hill just a couple hundred yards up from a cow field. We had the most beautiful view of the river. Often we would even be able to see northern lights and we would spend hours in the dark watching the stars from our living room. One night my mum left to pick up my sister from a babysitting job. I was standing in the window like we did all the time. Some nights you could see so much sky. All of a sudden I saw a bright light moving very fast and on an angle, then it went into the water. Now this is where the strange part is. At first I thought, okay, it's just something falling from the sky, it'll just fizzle out. But instead, the water just lit up. At that point I thought, oh my god, that was cool. But then I went directly into fear. I had a deep feeling that they saw me see it. I ran and hid in my closet and completely froze up. My mum and sister had to come and find me. I couldn't move. I have never felt that kind of fear again. I could never look at the sky living there without being afraid I'd see it again. It was so strange. I grew up believing aliens existed and I was never afraid of anything extraterrestrial. But after that strange night, I was terrified. I was so frightened of their eyes and I couldn't even look at pictures of them. It still terrifies me to this day. It was probably only in the last 10 years that I've been starting to look at the sky again and I still question what and who were they. Ghostly Attack in Old Cemetery Submitted by Christy June 2018, myself and several girlfriends wanted to explore several abandoned locations. Our first location was Seaside Sanatorium for Children. As in the title, it is located on the waterfront of Long Island Sound. The remaining buildings are fenced off, so we walked along the perimeter taking pictures and talking. It was a sunny morning and we took a break under a large shade tree. My friends and I were then approached by two young people that asked, what are you doing here? They were wearing drab-colored clothes and very pale. We responded with, Just getting some shade. We'll be going now. And we left for the next location to explore. Located approximately 20 to 30 minutes north of the sanatorium is an abandoned criminal insane asylum that Connecticut has been tearing down. There were maybe 30 buildings originally. It's located on a river and have been built on tribal land that the state is returning to the natives. The buildings are quite decrepit and we were satisfied to appreciate the architecture from a safe distance. There is a Hebrew cemetery with an iron fence around it and the gate was unlocked. So, I got out of the car and checked it out. My two friends declined. Of course, just like in the movie, the old iron gate made a loud creaking noise as I entered. The headstones and stonework were pretty phenomenal. I walked to the back of the cemetery and saw a man crouching over a stone and thought to myself, he needs privacy, as well as sensing a wave of feeling panic come over me. Not running, but definitely at a quickened pace, I headed for the gate. My friends were coming to get me as soon as they entered. I got punched by something in the gut. I cried out to them, we gotta go, get out of here. As I was closing the creaking gate, I did tell whatever was there, you can't come with me, 
You have to stay, and sorry to have bothered you. The punch to the gut pain lasted maybe an hour, and I'm trying to be more aware of surroundings and situations that I get myself into. That day still creeps into my mind. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants.